Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Welcome to the Cybersecurity News Bite podcast for February 13th, 2022, Episode 7. A ransomware group's new interesting tactic, PHP Everywhere WordPress plugin vulnerability, Hackers Planet Fake Digital Evidence on Devices, DOJ arrests two and seizes $3.6 billion in stolen cryptocurrency, and the Pirate Bay clone targets millions of users every month. Now from the Malware Hunter team, which is a group of independent security researchers, uh, they found a little-known group called Ghost Cyber Team, which sounds kind of like what a group of malware writers would have been if I would have invented them in my high school years. Anyway, the uh, the group uh, Ghost Cyber Malware Team, which is a little-known group in Indonesia, has created a brand new ransomware attack. The attack shows a message up on the victim screen, which says, Hello, all your files have been locked by ransomware, but cause you can access back with subscribe my channel YouTube. So it infects your machine with ransomware and pretty much makes you subscribe to their YouTube channel. Now, on the good side of this, it's only a single machine ransomware. It doesn't really spread. That's not the intent of it. Just one machine gets ransomware, and then you get this um, this message. So, so far, from what we can tell, the this ransomware tactic group uh, has some eh results. Uh, the YouTube channel, uh, as of this week, only had 64 subscribers to it. It has some videos of hacking, some logos of the group, and what possibly is a school? Now, some uh, cyber researchers think that this may be a prank, though, even if it is a prank, need to kind of caveat it by saying the ransomware is detected by several antivirus uh, software, as uh, well as uh, on VirusTotal. Now, this is just a very interesting thing where it's not Bitcoin, it's not money. They're not looking for any kind of things you typically think of in a ransomware scheme, which is kind of why this story stuck out to me. But in researching this, this is not actually the first time that a ransomware author has decided to not ask for money. Back in 2017, there was a ransomware that asked for nudes. Uh, so it does happen from time to time. Though these are generally not as popular, they're not widely used because they're not commercialized. You can't make these into a product to sell people. Especially this new one from the Ghost Cyber Team because this is only a single computer. So you would have to install it on every single computer you wanted it to versus modern ransomware which kind of installs itself and then spreads as wide and far as possible. So... There's no need to panic on this. Just interesting things that, you know, we've gotten to the era of ransomware where possible high school kids are experimenting with it as pranks. Like, you usually think of ransomware as a sophisticated group who is attacking you, which, if you've been in the cybersecurity world, you realize that most ransomware out there nowadays is ransomware as a service. You sign up for it, you give them the information, and then they turn it on for you. You don't really have to know programming. You don't have to know any of the stuff. It's just a product that you buy. 
But we've gotten into the era of it being able to be made easily as a prank, which should scare you. I mean, now, honestly, anyone with basic skills can start doing this stuff. Don't worry, not me. I'm not that clever yet. But, you know, high school kids with some time in their hand can figure it out. So just be on the lookout. Make sure your stuff's up to date. Make sure that you don't expose anything more than you need to to the internet. And you'll be good from this one. And worse comes worse, if you are infected with it, go like their YouTube channel. Now, for those out there who use PHP Everywhere, which is a WordPress plugin, there's a huge vulnerability that you need to be aware of. So if you're not aware, PHP Everywhere lets you easily utilize PHP on your WordPress site anywhere. Pages, posts, sidebar. And there's about 30,000 installations of this application going on currently. But there are three bugs that you need to pay attention to. One of them being, I think, the most severe out of the other two, even though they all share the same CVSS score. So CVE 2022-24663 can let, allow any authenticated user of any permission base to take over the website or do any other kind of malicious stuff they choose to do. So even a user with subscriber or customer level access to your site and you're using PHP everywhere can execute arbitrary code by sending a request, so comment, however they, they interact with your site by sending a short code with the parameter PHP everywhere tag, the tag that you currently use to use PHP somewhere on your website. They're able to send and execute that tag. Now, as I said, there are two other vulnerabilities, 2022-24664 and 2022-24665, both which same share that same CVSS score of 9.9 out of 10, though I'm going to say is slightly less severe, only because you need you need contributor level or above. Meaning this is not everyone who visits your site, this is just a person in which you trust. But it has all has the same bug in it, which allows people to run code that you may not be expecting them to run. Now, these three total vulnerabilities had the ability in the settings to set to admin only. The only problem was, was this was not set by default. It was turned off, meaning anyone can run it. Now, the good thing is, is this PHP Everywhere bug has been fixed by the developer. They launched a largely rebuilt version of PHP Everywhere back in January 10th. So if you haven't updated since January 10th, you need to update immediately because the disclosure has come out now and people are aware of this bug. And there are plenty of tools online to let you scan WordPress installations and find out what plugins they're running. So the data was just released. Uh, the researcher who discovered it followed responsible disclosure process. They let PHP everywhere know. They ran the fix. They updated it. And now almost a month later, we're finding out that this bug was there. So to keep yourself safe, once again, if you're running PHP everywhere, make sure you are up to date as the latest version. And while you're in there, only because we've been talking about this, I think for almost every show, if not every other show since the show has launched, you need to make sure all your WordPress plugins are updated to their most current versions. If you're trusting like I am, allow them to auto update. That way, a little less stuff you have to worry about. And then you get notified and then you just 
check to make sure your website still works. PHP is a huge target and it's something you need to be on top of. It needs to be something you're maintaining. Anything that you have a public face to, which a website with PHP would be, or, or not PHP, a website with WordPress would be, then you need to make sure that you are updating it as often and as frequently as possible so that you're not having issues. Now on things you didn't think that hackers would be doing, there's a group called Modified Elephant, which has been operational since 2012. But for most security researchers, they've been kind of a mystery. They've laid low, uh, mostly just due to their limited targeted base of individuals they're going after. Well, they've recently been linked to targets in India, targeting human rights activists, human rights defenders, academics, and lawyers. So, you know, these are all around the real good guys. Now, the goal of these uh, attacks is to get a long-term surveillance on the individual so they know what they're doing, who they're doing, intercept emails, stuff like that. Stuff that you would expect a hacker to do. Yet, this group, well, they just do things a little differently because they're also using their malware to plant fake digital evidence on the devices that they have compromised so that they can help frame and incarcerate the victims of their attacks. Once again, really good guys here. Now, I say this because this shows you the evolving trend of malicious actors in the environment, which is now, yes, there are ones that go out there and they hack and they try to take money from your account or try to force you to pay them. This group is specifically around getting people who are looking for and fighting for people to have a better life while well, they're being targeted so that the regimes in which, you know, are opposed to this kind of idea have simple evidence now to go after them. So the hacking group can hack you. They can plant evidence based on anything. And then the government officials come knock at your door. Obviously you're going to deny that you had any of this stuff. And then when they look at your stuff in your phone or your computer, Oh, look, here's the evidence we need to convict you easily. This is horrible for human rights, but this is what this group is doing. And this is how they've stayed underground so long. They've only targeted a few people. The majority of the population, 99.9% .9 of us are not on their target list. So how are they doing this? Well, they're using a commercially available remote access Trojan, often referred to as a rat. They've been using spear phishing campaigns, pretending to be activism emails. So they're, crafted well for their targets. These activism emails have malicious documents. Obviously, the documents have malware on them. They're using Netwire, Dark Comet, Simple Key Loggers, and right now, an unknown Android Trojan, which lets them intercept and manage SMS and call data. This is where they can start planning the evidence. They can pretty much add stuff to your phone or take away stuff from your phone all without you knowing. And like any kind of remote access product, they can wipe your device totally. Now, the interesting thing is they were targeting these people sometimes multiple times a day with these phishing scams to try to get them to click documents. Sometimes it was simple, you know, phishing we've seen elsewhere, you know, here's a link, here's a document, stuff like that. Other times, 
this group was somewhat clever because they were forwarding an email which looked like part of their activism stuff that had a whole bunch of names they may recognize even though the email addresses might have been fake or they just sent a whole large list of emails that were fake but looked like something that was going on in their environment because they remember when you're in that community you probably have the same group of people you have the same contacts you have the same stuff going back and forth so you could probably leverage victim a find out what they're talking about and then target victim B. So this is kind of scary. And really pay attention to what's going on your device. Don't click on links. I mean, this is all typical phishing stuff. Like you really can't give you any way of protecting yourself outside of what is normal. But be cautious on what you're clicking because stuff like this can happen. And it shows you there are actors out here who don't care about money, who don't care about locking your system up or infecting your system or co-oping your system to be part of a botnet. It's all to plant evidence of what you may or may not do. They have it. And even if, and even if they're, they're, they're targeting these people and they do have the evidence, well then they know and they can kind of tell the people who hired them, Hey, victim C has so-and-so on his phone. Go pick him up now. Or they add it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy world that we live in now where, you know, we're used to in the in the real world, people planning evidence. But a lot of us don't think of planning digital evidence. I mean, we, we see it when, you know, a malware group attacks and people go through and they find evidence and they can attribute it or they can see how they moved. But this is actually planning fake evidence. So, you know, even if you look, it's not easily there. And, and this group sometimes covers their trail. So be careful. Don't click on links that you're not expecting or not aware of. Now on Tuesday, the Department of Justice announced its largest financial seizure ever and also announced the arrest of a married couple. Now, why are they why are they arrested? Why am I talking about it? Well, they were arrested on the conspiracy to launder cryptocurrency. 4.5 billion dollars of cryptocurrency. 4.5 billion that was siphoned during a, the Bitfinex attack back in 2016. Now, this couple was charged with conspiracy to commit money laundering, which has a maximum 20 years in prison, and the conspiracy to defraud the U.S., which has a maximum of five years in prison. The couple is from New York. Isla Lichtenstein, 34, who is the husband, and Heather Morgan, 31, who is the wife. Now, they allegedly, and just because that's the way it is currently until they are convicted, allegedly stole funds through a labyrinth of cryptocurrency transactions. Law enforcement got a hold of about $3.6 billion of that. Now, the couple themselves are not charged with the hack, but they did receive the funds from that hack into a Bitcoin wallet, which they controlled. And they took part of that money, and it was laundered to conceal the activity. Now, people who had who hacked the Bitfinex system back in 2019, Israeli authorities arrested two brothers, Eli and Asaf Gili, uh, both over the, their involvement in the Bitfinex attack. Now, let's go back to the the couple, the Liechtenstein and Morgan couple. Well. They got 
229 or no yeah 229,765 bitcoins from Bitfinex there was about 2000 transactions that was put into the Liechtenstein's account 25,000 of those coins were then transferred and deposited into financial accounts held by the couple the IRS released a statement saying that beginning in or around January 2017, a portion of the stolen Bitcoin moved out of wallet 1CGA4S in a series of small, complex transactions across multiple accounts and platforms. This shuffling, which created a voluminous number of transactions, appeared to be designed to conceal the path of stolen Bitcoin making it difficult for law enforcement to trace the funds. So they got the money. They very smartly only took a small portion of it and start to shuffle it around in hopes to make it hard for them to track. And it probably would have worked. Um, but to achieve this, the Liechtensteins are said to have used a number of laundering methods, not just a single one. But they set up online accounts using fake identities. They used software to automate their transactions. They deposited stolen funds into accounts at a variety of cryptocurrency exchanges and darknet markets, kind of like the Alpha Bay and Hydra, and then withdrawing that money, hoping to make their trail hard to find. They also converted Bitcoin into other cryptocurrencies like Monero, which is a practice known as chain hopping. And they misused their U.S.-based business accounts to legitimize their banking activity. So they really went all out to try to hide this stuff. And you can even say, well, you know, they use some normal cryptocurrency exchanges. Yeah, but they also went on the dark web and used Alphabay to kind of hide the way they were doing things. Now, only 21% of their stolen Bitcoin has been moved or laundered over the last five years. So the majority of it, they left in that initial wallet. Now, you may wonder how kind of this took so long. Well, back in 2017, the Department of Justice took down Alphabay. And when they took them down, they had access to internal transaction logs. And kind of taking their time and going through them, they were able to track the stolen Bitfinex funds through Alphabay's service to crypto asset exchanges in the Liechtenstein's name. Now, what they did also was they got the uh, courts to issue warrants for digital assets. Now they took them, they went, they got access to the cloud accounts of the Liechtenstein's. They were able to obtain the private keys to access digital wallets, which allowed them to recover the other 94 thousand bitcoins that were still there now bitfinex is working with the department of justice uh, they've they're following all the appropriate legal processes they claim to establish the rights to return that stolen bitcoin because obviously they were out they they were they lost it during the the hack uh, and they've been cooperating with the department of justice since its investigation began and they're going to continue to do so so this goes to show you that you know, no matter how crafty you think you're going to be, uh, why, and why cryptocurrency tends to be 
something we think of as nebulous and it's hard to track. You know, if if you steal enough of it, they're going to track it down. They're going to find what's going on. They're going to siphon through all these records. And part of that being was when Alpha Bay was taken down by the Department of Justice, they had access to those logs. And, you know, it, it, it it's kind of funny. Because, one, I, I give them full credit for having the, you know, the, the ability to just only touch... 21% of the Bitcoin over five years, over five years. I mean, think about it. If you had $4.5 billion just sitting there, how tempting would it be to try to make that, you know, money come to you as quick as possible, but they did it very slow and over five years, only 21% of it. And they used all these sophisticated methods to try to get the money laundered and, and taken back to them. And, with all that, the Department of Justice sat down and really traced the money to the accounts where they need to get to. Now, we'll still see, as I said, only on Tuesday was the couple arrested. They still have to have their day in court. I, I just think it's hard to have anyone say $4.5 billion in cryptocurrency is legitimately theirs. It could be. I said, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know much about the case, but... You got to give it to them. I meant shuffling money around on and off cryptocurrency platforms, um, chain hopping, using the dark web. I mean, this really goes to show you, you know, the thought process on how to try to get that money into their pockets as low on the radar as possible. So if you were, I guess, a victim of Bitfinex, then hopefully... There's some justification. There's some justice to this. But we'll have to follow this story because it, it, it's a really interesting... Like, because you usually hear of people stealing cryptocurrency, but not to three point... Or I'm sorry, 4.5 billion, 3.6 billion, which was recovered. Like, that is just a large amount. Malvertising, or less fancily known as malicious advertising is gaining popularity as a threat that you need to be aware of. It involves advertising fraud schemes by tricking website visitors. Malvertising has witnessed a rise of 231% in quarter three of 2021. These kind of attacks are usually found on torrent or adult websites. A recent, recent campaign was found impersonating the famous Pirate Bay torrent website. Cyber News has discovered five malicious domains parading as the Pirate Bay. These domains served malicious ads to more than 7 million users every month by using free content to lure those targets in. All the websites offered fake torrent downloads, magnet links, and several ads rendering the background of the landing pages, all stacked together. This ensured that clicking one ad would trigger multiple hidden and possibly malicious ads. Furthermore, the website ser served faux torrents files propaganda. Furthermore, the website served faux torrent files propagating malicious JavaScript files. So if the ads didn't get you, the downloads definitely would. Now, why this matters? The malicious JavaScript files are used to identify users, record their activities, and serve them intrusive advertisements. 
This can be leveraged to exfiltrate the victim's personal data, establish backdoors on the system, or, if they want, install ransomware. Malvertising campaigns are widespread on fake torrent sites right now, as they can easily make people's downloads look legitimate. And opening that torrent file requires a user to provide permissions. Some of these may inadvertently download malware without even realizing what happened. So, you might want to go, well, adult sites, torrent sites, what does it really matter? Scammers can also leverage legitimate ad networks to spread malvertising. So this is not just adult websites, not just torrent sites, not just sites that we all might consider bad. They can leverage these on legitimate websites. So it's something that you need to be aware of because why it's just on sites that we may not consider business friendly. This is their testing ground. This is their training ground. This is the little leagues in which they will eventually make the big leagues. So they got it working on sites they control. They'll get it working on sites they don't control. And also some of these ad networks don't even really pay attention to the ads they are serving. I mean, how many websites nowadays either just have Facebook or Google ads integrated into them so the website author can make money? They don't even know. They're not choosing the ads. And Google and Facebook have so many ads, there's no possible way they can go through them all. So there's not really much you can do to thwart these faux torrent sites. However, the reason I'm talking about this is learning about online safety and using a reliable ad blocker an antivirus program can go a long way if you're visiting sites of ill repute. And everyone in their teenage years probably used LimeWire or Napster or any of the other different systems that kind of get free music. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't happen. And I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't happen on business networks unless you have a very secure network in which you block these things, in which bravo to you. But if your network is not top tier, if you don't have all the restrictions, if you're not monitoring your traffic, if you're not closing ports, these are things that your users may be doing to get software, maybe going to get music files so they can listen to it during their day. These are things that need to concern you. But make sure, at least, as I said, ad blockers up to date. You have a decent ad blocker, a decent antivirus, a decent paid antivirus. And really make sure your users are aware of this and avoid clicking on any suspicious links. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 